Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to a week five edition of First Take. Waking up this Sunday morning. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long and Cullen Steele giving you the latest on black and gold news. Heading into a noon kickoff in New England against the one and three Patriots. Saints two and two to today hopefully get above the 500 mark with a victory at the pats a tough one to gauge here folks because man none of these teams wants to get into the end zone uh it's been a struggle for both squads scoring points it's been all about that defense in this matchup uh looking at some of the inactives in this game for the black and gold uh we've got tight end Juwan johnson who is out uh, Lonnie Johnson, the safety, is also out for the Saints and tackle Landon Young. Guard Andrus Pete, corner Paulson Adebo, uh, and guard and tackle James Hurst, along with quarterback Derek Carr, also listed as questionable for the matchup. Saints announced they've elevated uh, safety Jonathan Abram and safety Daniel Sorensen from the practice squad to the active roster. And you know what, Charlie, that was like a little sneaky Ad a couple weeks ago when they put uh, Daniel Sorensen back on the the practice squad was someone who, you know, in limited action last year, I thought was pretty darn productive, especially, uh, you know, being a ball hawk and getting those takeaways. It was also... <laughs> it sounds like it's on, though. Oh, is it? Yeah, just your butt. It does, it's not a red button. Your maybe yeah, the light and the buttons not, burn out. Not working out. It's Sunday issues, you know. Yeah, you know how it goes. <laughs> okay, guys. So yeah, as you were saying with the safety position, I'm really happy to see that Jordan Howden is back and healthy as well. Yeah, uh, he was back at practice all week. The rookie had a pretty solid game against the Packers in his debut with Marcus May suspension happening. Uh, but then he dealt with a little bit of a finger injury. But he was back at practice. Uh, I don't even think he's actually listed on the injury report. Like he was limited and then full. Um, but yeah, he, he was a full a, goal he, all week with that. He figure. doesn't have a designation right. entering this game, so he's good to go as well. And I, I really, I'm, I'm very high on the rookie. But as far as you said early on, Steve, about points per game, uh, yeah, <laughs> the, you're right. If Everyone's you been at, the under here, right? Yes, exactly. The over under, I think, is set at 39 and a half. It may have actually dropped or, uh, since I last checked. Uh, but I'm still taking the under in this one. I guess that's kind of like a preview for my point prediction <laughs> in this one. But if you look at it, Steve, early on this season through the first four weeks, New Orleans is tied with, I think, four other teams, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and the Jets at, at 25th in the NFL at 15.5 points per game. That's obviously not cutting it, but if you're a Patriots fan, they're even worse. Like the Patriots right now are 30th in the NFL. They're third worse at points per game at 13.8. Granted, we've talked about it all week. 
the strength of competition that the Patriots have played is a different level. They played like three Super Bowl contenders with the Eagles and, and the Dolphins and then also the Cowboys. The one win that they picked up was against those hapless Jets that are sitting near the bottom at, at 15 and a half points per game offensively. Poor Jets. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens. When you, <laughs> you lose your quarterback on the fourth snap of the season. It's pretty unfortunate. Yeah, the looking at the Saints uh, going into this matchup, all positive news surrounding their quarterback in Derek Carr, who wasn't able to practice at all last week leading up to the matchup against the Bucks, except on Friday he was limited. This whole week uh, he was able to practice in limited fashion, uh, dealing with that right shoulder issue. And even though he's listed as questionable, I'm, everyone's banking on Derek to be the man starting, especially, you know, we saw what he was able to do last week on, on limited to no reps. You know, he was at least a limited, you know, participant in practice all week this week. So I'm pretty sure he'll be ready to go. And hopefully that shoulder is not as much of an issue for him throwing wise. Because unfortunately, you kind of saw it yeah. in the game. Like you saw as the game progressed, like he missed a couple of throws in you knew he wasn't going to be 100%, especially because he only had one practice, one day of practice. We didn't expect him to go at all. We were under the impression for most of the week last week that it was going to be Jameis Winston starting against the Buccaneers. Derek Carr getting that go on, I think it was Saturday, was a surprise. Um, and, you know, he, he got it out, and it wasn't a great performance by the offense. But as you said, Steve, this week he was limited every single day. Like, he never went a day without practicing. So that's a good sign that he got those practice reps in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and that he's going to be good to go this weekend. Still, he's obviously still not 100% because he still suffered an AC sprain that takes a couple weeks of recovery. But at the same time, he's trying to gut it out and get a big win. Yeah, we'll hear from Derek Carr in first take. Also, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael Jr., who has had a huge target on his back going into this week because of the ineptitude of the offense. Uh, mentioned Jordan Howden back in the mix. Uh, we'll hear from him uh, talking about that finger injury and what he went through uh, to get back into action. Also, linebacker Demario Davis and defensive end Cam Jordan, some of the Saints uh, standouts on defense speaking out this week. Uh, talking about obviously there's no panic right now with this squad it's just two and two everybody take that deep breath sure they've lost two in a row but uh, there's still tons of football left and this squad uh, obviously realizes that the heightened sense of urgency is there I think that was the big word this week that heightened sense of urgency around everyone right now because yeah there's no panic about winning but they do realize you can't get let yourself falling fall into a hole or dig a deeper hole for yourself it's kind of funny like I don't want to say we've been spoiled by unbelievable defensive performances but last <laughs> we week yes. well it, I mean we have but last week felt like a down day a down day for the Saints defense and this is gotta around, be right yeah Everybody this has got to be the get right day I mean, I think I've had it in one of my morning reports with Deuce where he said he wants to see them show that emotion defensively. He wants to see them get back to having fun and just flying around the field and making plays. And against a Patriots offense that, as I said, is third worst in the NFL in points per game and against a quarterback in Mac Jones who got benched last week, Steve, and a 38-3 to blowout loss to the Cowboys, they don't have confidence in them right now. They still have him as the starting quarterback. Like, they weren't going to remove him and put Bailey Zappi for this game. Like, he's still the guy against the Saints team this weekend. But at the same time, if you can get after this guy that's got some confidence issues right now, maybe get some pressure on him, force him into some of those quote-unquote lollipop throws I'm sure Mike Dettelier and us are going to start talking about pretty soon here. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be huge difference maker plays defensively that's going to help you win this game. 
Yeah, and like you mentioned, that obviously they had a tough go against the Dallas Cowboys uh, last week, and I think you'd be safe to say that that Saints defense is in that upper echelon you would consider them, even though obviously they struggled. Everybody seemed to yeah. not yeah, show up it. last week. It was a down week for everyone, offense, defense, special teams for this squad, and really surprising since you consider it a divisional matchup. First place was on the line against a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. and the team just kind of came out flat. For sure. Um, as far as the Saints defense goes, I mean, they were just coming off of like, what, 11? It was like a team record 11 straight <laughs> right, games exactly. and not giving up 20 points. So You kept hearing Dome Patrol, Dome Patrol. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we were spoiled, but at the same time, you expect that from them now. Like, they've built a, a an expectation for themselves, especially with Dennis Allen being the head coach and being a defensive-minded guy. Like, he's built that defense over the years that you expect them to go out and dominate some opponents like this Patriots offense. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we have to expect in this game, Steve. We have to get them to bounce back, as, you know, Deuce said, get back to having fun, get back to having that swagger on the field, just flying around, making plays, and this is the offense to do it against. Winning sure is fun. Want to hear from you on the Oakwood Heart Jewelers talking text line this morning, 504-260-1870. Uh, Steve Geller along with Charlie Long. When we get back, Mike Dettilio will be checking in, checking on the scouts notebook and get some uh, thoughts on some of these players over on that Patriots roster when we get back from the break right here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There we go. It would be nice to turn the microphone on this morning. Welcome into First Take. Steve Geller along with Charlie Long. Cullen Steele running things behind the glass, making sure keeping me on track. And, man, I thought we had an early start, Mikey D. You had another one uh, early yesterday and even had post-game action. How you doing uh, coming off that uh, LSU victory? Yeah, I'm better today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, uh, you listen, when you win – no yeah. matter how you do it, that, that that's the name of the game. Oh, it doesn't matter how pretty or aesthetic it is. It's always about a W when you can do it on the road. Man, again, what a great performance by Jaden Daniels. <laughs> I mean, uh, man, just the, you don't have enough superlatives to talk about, you know, him putting that team on his back. And, um, you know, he just a great job on the road. And it's tough to win, and it's even tougher when you got to do it on the road. And the Saints will have that task today. 
We have not seen that type of quarterback play from the Saints or even their opponents this season, Mike. Uh, going into this one against the Patriots, um, Mac Jones has had his struggles, even got benched last game in favor of Bailey Zappi. Uh, what have you seen from Mac? What's been his problem in you know getting adjusted to the pro game? I thought he had a decent rookie season. No, he had a good rookie season, really did. Uh, Mac, you know, his final season at Alabama and then his rookie season, he played with an air of confidence. He was very decisive on where he wanted to go with the football. He was, uh, I think, a really good step up in the pocket and then made a strong throw. There was not a lot of hesitancy uh, in his throws. Uh, today, he's a totally different guy. And we've seen in the last year and a quarter, him sort of regress with that. Um, he does not play with a sense of confidence. Uh, almost, he's got some Ryan Tannehill in him. I guess maybe the best way to put it where, man, Tannehill at his best, you know, he's, he's pretty good. But at his worst, he's awful. And, and that's what you've seen from Mac Jones, that he's got that almost throw like, it's like a yo-yo. Like, he wants to pull it back sometimes. The other bad habit, and I've seen him do it, and he did it against the Cowboys three or four times, and yet I've seen him do it earlier in the season. He walks right into the teeth of a pass rush. I never saw him do that before. Uh, almost like he doesn't have a good feel for where pressure's coming from, and he walks right into it. And one thing with him, his throws out to the sidelines have a tendency to hang up in the air a little bit. <laughs> the Cowboys made him pay the price for doing that. So on those bad throws, you got to come down with it. You got to make him pay the price. But come on, your defensive line here, this is a spot where you got to get better. And stop the run is always first and foremost, always. But you got to be able to put pressure on Mac Jones and not let him get in that groove and get any sort of confidence throwing the football. Every team has had a guy that they get better against you. Uh, but Saints can't let that happen today. Mike, we've talked about it before. It seems like the way the NFL is trending, teams really love getting their young quarterbacks a star receiver, and that helps them just develop even further. You look at Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs. You look at Jalen Hurts with A.J. Brown. You look at Tua with Tyreek Hill. The Patriots didn't really do that with Mac Jones, and I want to get your thoughts on their receiving core because, I mean, I guess their biggest name that they went out and signed as far as a weapon goes was like Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, outside of that, they have Devontae Parker, who's kind of a first-round bust, and then Kendrick Bourne, who's been uh, playing pretty well. But what are your thoughts on their receiving core that the Patriots didn't really address in the offseason, and it obviously hasn't helped Mac's development? Yeah, you're right about that, Charlie. Uh, they've never been a team. And, man, uh, as great a coach as Belichick has been throughout the years, man, he's had some colossal misses on on early-round pick receivers. He really has. Uh, you know, his big hit was Gronk at tight end. Man, that, that, that was you, – you struck oil there big time uh, with that. But he's a tight end. The receiving core – you know, they did go out and get Randy Moss, and, and he had a nice run with it. But I think it does go to show you the quarterback makes the coach and the receivers look a lot better. He was a lot better coach when he had Tom Brady. Uh, and, 
again, we sort of see it. We see it here with Drew Brees. You know, he made a lot of millionaires, and, and so did Tom uh, throughout his life. Uh, they made people millionaires because of their play, and, and they were able to elevate them. Their receiving core is above, you know, it's maybe an average group at best. Every once in a while, you see an above-average performance. It's not great. Really, where they want to get the football to is to the tight end. That has always been part of a Belichick sort of scheme, and it was certainly with Tom when he was there that they wanted to get the football to the tight end over the middle. They felt it opened up avenues off to the edges when you were able to do that. And uh, so – you know, their receiving core is nothing to write home about. Uh, and occasionally they make some big plays, but it's so inconsistent because they've gotten away from really what made them so good for years. One, they don't have Brady anymore. Secondly, they were always a very effective running team. No matter who was that running back, they were able to run the football and I think the third piece of the puzzle is they always had really good tight ends. They had tight ends that could get downfield and move the chains and then hit the big play. Uh, that's And they've signed a bunch of them uh, throughout the last four or five years, Hunter Henry being one of those guys. And so they've really gotten away from that. The, the edge receivers has always been sort of uh, another piece of the puzzle and, they were sort of the team that came up with this concept of that slot receiver. You know, they, they had Julian Edelman for years, and before that they had other guys that, that filled that role. It's not quite the same anymore. But again, and those receivers sometimes look good because of the guy throwing them the football. Mike, you mentioned that tight end position. Uh, obviously, Hunter Henry, a uh, guy out of Arkansas, had some decent, you know, outings when he first started with the Chargers, and his first year in New England was really impressive. I think it was nine touchdowns, and after th- after that, though, it's kind of been very middling. Uh, I guess it has to do, although, like you mentioned, who's throwing you the football over there too? But Hunter Henry, what have you seen out of him that you like? Man, I I'm always been a Hunter Henry fan. Really have. Uh, he was terrific high school tight end, number one tight end in the country. Everybody thought he was going to go to Alabama, and he ends up going to Arkansas. That wasn't a team noted for throwing the football a lot to the tight end. But, man, he stood out. Real athletic, catches the ball well in a crowd. He knows how to get his body between a ball and a defender. And he's always been, I would say, solid as a blocker. He's never noted for that, but he's solid in that category. But what he can do is he can stretch the middle of the field. And he's sort of a, one of the kind of first of a breed now we see all along is like a, a big wide receiver playing tight end because he can catch the football so well. Uh, so I do know that, you know, with Mac, he's the security blanket. He's the guy that he looks for if he's in trouble to get him the football to Hunter Henry. But he's was really signed to be a key cog here with the Patriots. He has not been that other than year one, where he was a big part of their attack. And I think with this constant changing of offensive coordinators and 
philosophies and everything else, you know, Bill's a defensive-oriented coach. And, you know, he sort of lets that offense be run by the guy he puts in charge. Some of that has been in a constant uh, change with the Patriots on what they want to be identity-wise. I'm going to ask both of you, what, what identity do the Patriots have today? A strong defensive team that doesn't have any kind of an offense, Mike. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, okay. And so that reflects on the head coach. Isn't that sort of what we see here with the Saints? Uh, tell, tell me one thing they can really hang their hat on. And the Saints got better weapons offensively than what the Patriots do. So you got to be able to figure it out somewhere along the line. And uh, I think that's the key for either team today. You you got to be able to come up with something that works for you. And it's been a struggle for both clubs to find that real identity on who you want to be and what you want to do. And the guys you're paying a lot of money to, they got to step it up. You can drop all those plays in the world, but it's the guys out in the field making plays. Mike, kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about Mac kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about Mac Jones, uh, looking at this Patriots offense specifically, it hasn't just been the turnovers that they've had. It's been how costly the turnovers have been. Mac is thrown as what you like to call, and I love this term, the lollipop throws that turn into pick sixes. He's had two pick sixes, a scoop and score this season. The Patriots are minus five in turnover differential through the first four weeks, which is fifth worst in the entire NFL. I, I think that this is a key statistic for the Saints' defense to force some of those big takeaways. And with how the Patriots' offense has been playing so far this year, some of those big takeaways could turn into scores. Yeah, you know, it's man, it's a bad habit with Mac uh, to put up, you know, throws that I'm talking about easy interceptions. <laughs> I'm not talking about you You got to fight the ball if you're dropping it. Uh, so, man, that's a bad habit. And, and I'm just telling you, once you get into that rut, it's difficult to get out. It's really difficult. And you can see now this game for Mac Jones is not about his physical talent anymore. It's between his ears. And, you know, it's about figuring out a way to make it work with what you have around you. But Mac has thrown some awful throws. He I'm got talking benched. about really bad throws out there. And so uh, – my thing to do is to not let him sort of get better on you. Don't be the elixir. Okay. For him, get after him and put a lot of pressure on him. And the other thing about the Patriots, uh, and they do it well defensively, but I think it's a key part for the saints defense to tackle well in the open field. Okay. If a guy's got to play downfield and it's five yards, just make sure it's not 15. Uh, that is something Rick Venturi, you know, for many years, well, when uh, Bill was in Cleveland, uh, Rick was the linebackers coach uh, for Belichick. And he would always say about, hey, I'm good with giving up the five yards. I'm not good with giving up the 25. Make sure that they don't get anything after the catch. For the Saints today, that is a key. One, you got to come up with turnovers. But two, when somebody makes a play downfield, make that open tackle. Don't let this receiver kind of get away from you. 
what's the worst thing we see today in pro football? Man, I see some of the worst tackling in the world. <laughs> uh, offensive line play is, is terrible for some teams. I mean, they got probably six or seven teams that are really, really good up front along the offensive line. The rest of them are average at best or terrible. But the tackling comes in a close second. They got guys running free, uh, you know, and somebody misses a tackle. Or they're trying to pop the ball out for a turnover, and the guy gets an extra eight yards after the catch. Um, and uh, we're looking at a new NFL today. It, it, okay, it's almost Madden football that you're trying to create something. And maybe we live in that generation of that's what you're going to see for uh, some time frame. But for the Saints, it is key. Stop the run, get pressure on Mac. But when he makes a good throw downfield, don't give him up extra yardage after the catch. That is something that has to be emphasized. Uh, and last week you saw some impromptu stuff with Baker that he was able to sort of step around and step up in the pocket. He makes a throw downfield, uh, you know, and, and the guy makes a yardage after the catch. Make the tackle after the catch, right after, and don't give them up that yak yardage. Mike, talking about defenses, too, we always hear about Bill Belichick loves to take away a team's best option, loves to take away what they do best. But you know what? On offense for this black and gold squad, I don't know. What is that right now, Mike? Do you think they focus on Kamara or Olave over there in New England? I think that Bill, seeing what's happened last week, and, and them getting that little short pass out, I think they feel confident they can they can manage Camaro. Right. I think their fear is with the injuries and the lack of Matt Judon up front, they're not going to get a pass rush like they have in the past. And now you lose Christian Gonzalez. Uh, J.C. Jackson, I think, he's going to see a lot of playing time. He knows his system. Come on. He's not Oppenheimer uh, doing this. He's done it before. Uh, He gets it. Uh, This oil, he only had a couple of days of practice. Well, he he played with the Patriots for years, plural. He understands what they want to do. My thing about it is I think that they would probably try to take away Olave and say, okay, throw the ball downfield to someone else. Uh, make, make it happen. What happened last week when Olave was sort of missing in action? What happened to the Saints passing game? Bogged down. Everything was short uh, behind the line of scrimmage. I think Bill saw that like I do. My thing is, okay, if you're not going to beat me with Olave, I'll try to take Olave out uh, and, and pull him away. And we can deal with the little short stuff uh, pretty well. Uh, it's, it's an interesting game here. Uh, because of the fact that for the Saints, Derek Carr has got to play better, has to play better. This league is built upon having a quarterback make plays downfield, and you have the people to do it. Now it's up to him to do it. Now their offensive line play, again, it's shaky at times, but, uh, man, last week Carr had time to throw the ball. And he's, and he's hesitant to throw it downfield. Now, if he's hurt, then he shouldn't be playing. You know, but again, it, it is what it is with this football team right now. The Saints and the Patriots are mirror images of one another on offense. They really don't have an identity. They have to find a couple things that really work for them and, you know, hey, keep 
banging on the drum with it. Uh, don't don't reinvent the wheel. Keep going back to it until they stop it. What I see today in this league is a couple of times they make big plays doing certain things to certain people, and then they get away from it. Ah, okay, we're going to figure it out a little bit later. No, you keep going to it until they take it away. The problem with the Saints and the Patriots are the fact that they haven't figured out exactly what they want to do on offense. So like that all revolves around the QB. You're taking the under, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Just like LSU and the over. Yeah. Man, it's, a, USC, it's a safe bet. Uh, how about that USC? You know, it, it took them three overtimes, but they got they to got the there. over. Oh, yeah, they got there. I mean, <laughs> at some point. It's unbelievable. At some point when they set uh, the know? over under to 80 points, they're going to have to get to <laughs> overtime to get to reach that mark. But, Mike, <laughs> last question for you. You kind of mentioned it earlier. No Christian Gonzalez, no Matthew Judon. They're both out indefinitely. I mean, this is Matthew Judon, you've said multiple times, is your oh. most underappreciated, underrated defensive player in the entire NFL. Christian Gonzalez was someone that you were super high on entering the draft. He's the rookie first-round pick for the Patriots. So without those two guys, who really worries you on this Patriots defense? Man, that's a good question. Uh, they still a good team on defense. They're not an upper-level defense without those two guys. Man, you've heard me say this. That's a bunch of horse hockey this next man up. That's crap. Not, not, not with Matthew Judon. Not, not with Matt Judon. And not with Gonzalez. Gonzalez, I thought, was the second-best cornerback coming out in a really good cornerback group this year. Well, the only guy I had ranked higher was Devin Weatherspoon. And we saw Monday night just how good Weatherspoon is. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is prototypical. The way he's built, his size, his length, his foot speed, his ability to plant and drive hard to the football. And he finds the ball very, very quickly in flight. Man, Matt Judon... There's nobody like him on this team. No one. Uh, he's a unique athlete in that he's really a 3-4 defensive uh, outside linebacker. But you could play him as a 4-3 defensive end. You could play him as a 3-4 defensive end. I've seen them put him on the nose. Now, okay, now he was 270 pounds. But if I'm a center, i got difficulties with him. Because I know one thing, he's a lot more athletic than I am, and I better get my hands on him real quick. They ranged him all across the board. You don't, The Saints don't have to deal with that. And Judon was a special player. He was with the Ravens. They never could come up with a financial uh, an agreement with him to continue, and then he goes to New England. And, man, he, he was a really good player there. He's underappreciated for what he did and how many positions he can play. And, okay, I see where the three guys up front are coming from. But Bill had a way of sort of keep you guessing which side Matt would come from. Sometimes it was the left. Sometimes it was the right. Sometimes it was up the middle. Not having those two guys, that's a big loss, or two big losses uh, for the Patriots on what is the strength of their team defensively. Mike, always appreciate your breakdown. Be hearing more from you on the Bud Light Countdown, the kickoff, which will be starting up at 10 a.m. with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Be talking to you soon, Mike. 
All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. We'll be back with more First Take. Craig in Madisonville, see you. Also, all the rest of your calls on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. Let's get it, Hoodads. Game day, baby. Noon kickoff in New England coming up right here on WWL Saints Radio after the break on WWL. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back into First Take. Starting to feel that caffeine buzz from the community coffee bubbling in my system. Uh, Looking at this run game, Charlie, I'm still waiting for it to materialize uh, for the Saints. Thankfully, you know, Alvin Kamara is back in the mix. We saw him get fed a ton last week. Really wasn't that effective. Uh, Kendra Miller, unfortunately, just one carry. We're still waiting. Obviously, Jamal Williams uh, on injured reserve right now. And... A kind of a surprise move, I thought, that the team uh, let a guy like Tony Jones go uh, from the practice squad. So uh, he's not available for that, you know, backfield mix. It can't all be on Derek Carr. I mean, for one, he's got an AC sprain. He's got a bum shoulder, and he's playing through it. But you got to help him. And the offensive Even without the sprain, right, the QB needs some running back help. Correct. And, And it hasn't all been on just the running backs. Like, the offensive line hasn't done a great job of creating holes and the rushing attack, but like you said, Steve, it's got to start sometime because this offense, I, I can imagine that if you take pressure off of Carr to win every single game that you're in by establishing a running game where you're going over 100 yards, that's the key to success for the Saints offense, right? So, yeah, we got to see it at some time, and it's got to start soon. Yeah, the really only back you could say who's been, I guess, successful has been Taysom Hill when it comes to rushing the football uh, other than that, you look at it, the rest of the running back by committee isn't really getting that yards after contact. You know, yards per carry has not been up there. And I don't know, it's just something I feel like once this team can find some sort of running game, it's going to open up a heck of a lot more for everybody else come the wide receivers, tight ends, whoever. Steve, I'm going to read a stat for you. Hit me. Out of the top <laughs> 10 teams in rushing offense this year. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Number one. Miami at 176 yards per game, which is actually <laughs> unbelievable. Number two, Philadelphia, 165. Yeah. Number three, San Francisco, 153. Hmm. Number four, Baltimore, 151. Are, I mean, are you starting to see kind of like a, a, a trend here? Right. If you have a good rushing attack, you're either three and one or better. Now that changes when you get to Cleveland at number <laughs> five is a two and two team. Number six is Arizona, which is a little bit surprising. Those are the only two standouts in the top ten. Other than that, you have Dallas, 
Buffalo, Kansas City, and Detroit rounding out the top 10. That is six three and one teams, two four and zero teams, and then you know Cleveland and Arizona kind of is the outlier. If you establish a rushing attack in this league, you're winning the line of scrimmage. You're winning in the in the, in the NFL effectively. For the Saints right now, if you look at it, they're ranked twenty fifth. They're in the bottom ten that's at eighty seven and a half points per game, less than ninety yards per game. I mean, that's almost a hundred yards less than what Miami's averaging, which is kind of incredible. Um, but at the same time. If you look at it as well, New England's not really great either. Mm, they're nope. 23rd. Right. So they're both bottom 10 in the league in rushing yards, and that's how you see a 1-3 and three team and then a 2-2 two and two Saints team that's obviously been struggling on offense. So, I, yeah, Steve, it's it comes down to establishing that rushing attack. If you get that going, it will help your offense tremendously. As I said, all those top teams are in the top 10 in rushing yards per game. And Bobby, I think, pointed this out a couple weeks ago. Whenever the Saints had their best offenses, just in general – they always had top 10 rushing attacks. Like, they always had guys that were going for, for big rushing yards every single game. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's a big key to get the Saints offense finally rolling. Now, can they do it this week against New England? Fingers to crossed. Be de- to be determined. Right. Uh, talking about the offense, Craig in Madisonville wants to sign in. He's on our uh, sound off on our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. What you got for us this morning, Craig? Morning, gents. Um, I had a few uh, comments about our offense. I know that I'm no offensive guru, but it seems like at least a handful of times every game that we've played, whenever the ball's released, it seems that we have one or two receivers, sometimes even three receivers in the same area. And again, I'm no football genius, but if one guy can cover up to three people in the same area, I feel like our concepts are off or our levels or maybe, I don't know, the play calling. Something's, something's happening to where there's a lot of miscommunication on offense because whenever you get to the professional level, you should not have, uh, you know, a slant, flat concept where you have a tight end and Michael Thomas literally in the same spot where both of them are trying to attack the ball and catch the ball. So maybe, again, maybe it's just miscommunication on the receiver tight end side or – maybe miscommunication in the huddle, maybe it's play calling on Carmichael, but something's got to change because this is a consistent problem. And, I mean, we're in, we're in game number five, and hopefully it doesn't happen tonight or today. No, I hear that, Craig. And I know obviously a problem last game. I don't think, you know, Carr was even close to being ready to play, and maybe the Saints should have sat down in that game because it didn't seem like that forward pa- forward, getting a forward pass anywhere was a struggle. I think it's actually kind of an interesting point that Craig made as far as – I think he was actually hinting at this, and I, if he is, I completely agree. The Saints haven't attacked the middle of the field. They just haven't. They haven't done it enough, at least. And they need to get that going. They need to – I mean, Jawan Johnson's out for this game. Good back Foster Morrow is back in the mix correct, for tight Foster end. is back, but Jawan's been pretty disappointing to start the season. I think we'd both agree based off of what we, well, we saw, saw in training, training camp. camp sure, right. This guy we was lighting it up and then – you know, obviously we know of Derek Carr's usage of the tight end position. So, we, I mean, we're feeling pretty good about Jawan having a quote-unquote breakoff or breakout game. But as far as, you know, attacking the middle of the field with Mike Thomas, with your tight ends, they need to do that more. Getting ready for game time, the Oakland Hart Jewelers Rolex time check. Three hours, five minutes till our noon kickoff in Foxborough. Two and two Saints, one and three Patriots coming up on WWL Saints Radio. Be back with more First Take right after this on WWL. Rounding out this hour of First Take, Steve Geller along with Charlie Long, also Cullen Steele running things behind the glass. 
I want to thank the good folks at Magazine Pizza for feeding us in studio, our Saints game day crew, Magazine Pizza, 1068 Magazine Street, dine-in or delivery, the best gourmet selection in town, Magazine Pizza, also has got pasta, sandwiches, wings, and salads, just go to magazinepizza.com, I'll know we'll be sending in our order soon, can't wait to get a bite of some morning AM pizza, do you have a go-to like a morning pie, or is it still just like a pepperoni or meat lovers? I'm a pepperoni guy. I'm a pretty simple, straightforward. <laughs> you know, that's, I guess that's an easy answer, right? But that's just what I go for. Yeah, I'll take a Supreme this morning, there no doubt, go. to go with my coffee. Uh, Steve Gell, along with Charlie Long, Cullen Steele, will be back with more next hour, getting into our Saints Sound Bank. Offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael Jr., Derek Carr, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, and much more right back after this on The Big One, WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 